Sky Talkers is a member of the Star Wars Escape Pods Network. Explore more great content and get to know our sister shows at WeAreEscapePods.com and on Twitter at WeAreEscapePods. The Star Wars Escape Pods Network, promoting positivity in fandom. As far as fandoms go, there is no fandom as varied, creative, or passionate as the Star Wars community. Today, we're talking with the creators of some unique Star Wars projects that are going on right now. We'll also dive into our own favorite fan-created media from the early days of our Star Wars obsession all the way through today. Welcome to Sky Talkers. Here are your hosts... Charlotte and Caitlin. Hello, and welcome to Sky Talkers. I'm your host, Charlotte. Hey, everyone. I am your other host, Caitlin, and we are super excited because today we are talking all about fan created media in Star Wars. And this is a topic Charlotte and I have been wanting to talk about for forever on Sky Talkers. So we are really excited that the day has finally arrived. Yeah, for sure. And we have some really awesome guests. Um, Amy Rickow is here to talk about her awesome project. Um, I'm sure you've seen it on Twitter. It's hashtag 365StarWarsWomen. And we're also having our friend Danny Pirtle on to talk about his awesome new blog and website called Porgology. And we learned a lot in both of those. Yes. Yeah, they are some really great conversations you definitely want to check out. And I think you're going to have some new things to uh, follow on Twitter and be obsessed with after you hear what these guys are doing, because I know we did. (laughs) Totally. And it's been a while since we've like actually recorded a real show, though, Caitlin. We've been really like deep within the The Star Wars Rebels. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) We've been really... Yes. <laughs> we've been really Always deep yes. to Star Wars and the we've been really deep into Star Wars. <laughs> exactly. But really with recording Fulcrum Files. Yes. Um, which is our Star Wars Rebels recap show. Mm-hmm. And when this episode goes up, which will be on Saturday, it is Thursday now. Um, it will only be in like forty eight hours until we get the end of wow. Rebels. I know. Well, so if you're listening, you're listening to this in the future. Rebels could be over by now. Oh my gosh! I know it's really and sad. So the last episodes that just came out this week were a world between worlds and wolves and a door. Is that what it's called? Yes, wolves and a door. Yeah, and um, I don't think Charlotte and I have ever had such a reaction to a piece of Star Wars <laughs> before in our lives, <laughs> e- even the Last Jedi. And I don't know if that's because. When we saw The Last Jedi, we were in a movie theater, so there are some, like, basic rules of etiquette. Um, <laughs> but our our reaction to these last two episodes of Star Wars Rebel was just off the chain. So if you're not caught up on Rebels, haven't even watched Rebels before, highly recommend. Definitely go check it out. But, Charlotte, I wanted to ask you on the show because I don't think we've talked about it yet, but recently you went to Disney World and got to do something really cool and – we actually haven't talked about it that much, and I want to hear about it. Yeah. Um, so a couple things. I was in Disney with my family like two week- two weekends ago over President's Day, and I just kind of wanted to talk about and tell you about, because I haven't really talked to you about it, about um, first thing that I did that was super cool that I highly recommend anyone who has access to it to do The Secrets of the Empire. And without giving it away because it's a really cool like story and it's a fun thing to do um but I'd I'd never done VR before and oh my god my parents and I were like freaking out (laughs) 
And you know my parents, and they were like really overwhelmed <laughs> by the concept. <laughs> I, I can I can hear your mother right now, actually. Like, oh, oh, Charlotte, did you look at that? Look at that thing. <laughs> like, I can hear literally. Her voice that's exactly what happened in my head. But <laughs> w- without giving too much away, there is this one part in it where you're like suspended not suspended but like you're on like a a walkway and really you're not on a walkway like this is how vr works you're in (laughs) you're in like a room um and i felt like the greatest sense of vertigo it was insane how vr can like enhance things like that it was just like i can also see how if i were able to get one of these systems like a vr system in my house i would never want to leave the star wars world (laughs) at all yeah It it was great If you guys don't know, Secrets of the Empire is a VR experience in Disney World and Disneyland. And I think a couple other places they have pop-up like Secrets of the Empire, right? Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah. But they have – it's like there to stay at Disney World and Disneyland. But basically you get to go through this adventure actually in the Star Wars universe where like Charlotte said, you you feel like everything is around you. You can touch things. They've got like the temperature right. They've got the the smells. Like it's it's supposed to be as immersive as we can possibly get right now. So yeah. it's, it's pretty it, intense. It, and it's true. And um, some cool characters pop up and I was like freaking out. And oh, man, it was really immersive and really cool. I actually like cut myself on the thing because I was like, <laughs> I, I just get way too high key about Star Wars. It's just a fact <laughs> at this point that everyone needs to know. Like, <laughs> I don't really know how it happened. I think it happened with like the blaster. And this is definitely TMI, but like that's just how intense I was in this situation. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. Charlotte's at like a zero or she's at a 60 when it comes to <laughs> She's usually definitely, at like a 55. Yes, 50. No, this was like a 60. This is definitely <laughs> a 60. I mean, like kind of in your everyday life, you're at like a 55. But this yeah. this was like 60. Uh, totally. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to Florida in a couple weeks and I'm hoping – I'm not going to be far from Orlando. So I'm going to try really hard to get out to Orlando and do it because I need to do it. I need to be yeah, in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, you'll really love it. I, I wish we could do it together and maybe someday no. like when we can because I would want to do it again. Like after it was done, I was like, oh, my God, I wanted to go back in. So <laughs> it was great. Yeah, um, like that moment. That's like one of the first like big Star Wars things we haven't done together. I know. It's sad. It's okay. <laughs> we'll do it together sometime. <laughs> and like, it's just evolving. It. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Well, like they used to have, I forget what it's called. I think it was like Trials on Tatooine or something. And I Mm -hmm. guess that one, I didn't get to do that one, but that one was less immersive and less technological than this one. So I'm sure someday Caitlin will be able to do some sort of Star Wars VR thing and it'll be really fun and we'll work together and who knows like (laughs) what'll happen to me being so (laughs) high key. (laughs) But um, I also really got to see in Hollywood Studios, I got to see like the construction of Star Wars Land, Galaxy's Edge. And it is so big. Oh my God. I I was shocked. And not only that, but, and I think this is really funny. So they have a wall that separates like the construction and like the um, Muppet Courtyard. And in front of the wall, <laughs> they have a person the, the photo pass person from Disney World, like an official Disney World photographer wanting to take your photo in front of the wall. Like <laughs> if there wasn't enough anticipation for Star Wars Land, that exemplifies it completely. It like, really does. It, 
I just think it's so funny and great. And obviously I did it. So <laughs> um, I'm really, really excited for Star Wars Land. And it looks so cool. And I know it's going to be amazing, especially because I got to go to Avatar Land, which is like Pandora um, mm-hmm. in Animal Kingdom that just opened. And that was so immersive. And the rides were like amazing that like if that's just like generation one and you know they're going to go all out for their actual property that is Lucasfilm, it's going to be amazing. It's – I – I'm so excited. I just like I'm thinking thinking about like the opening ceremonies of Galaxy's Edge or Star Wars Land, and like everyone's gonna be there. And remember, like when Harry Potter World opened, and they had all of those, they had like all the cast like walk through and like talk about it. Like I'm so excited for all of that, like behind the scenes and like videos and press coverage. Once oh, once we start getting really really close, I'm very ready for this. Yes, me too. Oh, my God. But we should probably just jump into our discussion about fan-created media because I'm really excited. Is that good? That is great. Okay. So in part one, we're going to talk to Amy Rakow of 365 Star Wars Women. In part two, we're going to talk to Danny Prudel all about his new website, Porgology. And in part three, we're going to be talking about some of our favorite subjects, fan fiction and fan videos. So without further ado, let's get started. So who talks first? You talk first? I talk first. Hi, and welcome to part one. Today on Sky Talkers, we are so excited because we have an awesome guest. We have on Amy Rickow, who is currently working on an awesome project called 365 Star Wars Women. And she's going to talk to all, talk to us about her fandom and the project and just everything. And we're really excited to have her on. So welcome, Amy. Hi, I'm very excited to be here. We are so excited to have you on. We've been looking forward to talking to you since we set up this interview a couple weeks ago. Yeah, seriously. Actually, since you launched the project, I was like, we need to have her on. <laughs> I'm just excited that people are paying attention to it. <laughs> I'm not like, it's my own little vacuum. You know? No, no, no. It's so cool. I'm sure a lot of our listeners have seen it on Twitter. It is hashtag 365StarWarsWomen, and we'll talk about it. But first, I wanted to ask, um, what is your introduction to Star Wars, and how did you get into it? So I actually just texted my mom recently about this because I was going through a whole bunch of like of my vintage uh, Star Wars toys, which are not on display. And I was like, I should display some of these things. And I have a whole bunch of like the original New- A New Hope toys, but like I couldn't remember, like I was four years old when A New Hope came out. I have a vague memory of seeing it in the theaters. It's of the Death Star blasting all around. That's my memory from that <laughs> entire movie. But I was like, I don't even remember if like I liked it after that. Um, and my mom told me this very cute story via text where she said that my dad saw the movie first and my dad passed away several years ago. And so I was like, Oh, I'm like emotional story now. But, uh, she was like, my dad saw it first. He thought that my mom and my sister and I would love it. And so he immediately like took us back to like all see it. And then we all like just fell in love with star Wars immediately. Um, and so that is my introduction. Um, but where I really remember becoming a huge fan was when I saw Return of the Jedi when I was 10. Like that mm-hmm. movie just completely blew me away. And I was like all in for Star Wars after that. That's awesome. I feel like I love to hear that because I feel like is it the George Lucas quote is like it's made for like 12 year olds. And I love to hear like that people fall in love with it at that age because that's when I fell in love with it too when I was 11 and I always think that it's like there's a certain age that you 
really just kind of get so attached to Star Wars and it's that one. Yeah, I, mean, you know? I think I was, you know, I grew up in Montana and I feel like, you know, that was as close to Tatooine as I, you know, could relate. So I was just like, <laughs> in Montana, I wanted to be like, you know, in California, in Los Angeles. And so that like, you know, I, it really spoke to me. And, and I love that my dad, you know, when he saw it, he was just like, I think my four-year-old daughter and my seven-year-old daughter would love this movie. Like that made me so happy because my dad was always very, very supportive of me loving Star Wars, me loving movies. But like, I was like, that's awesome, you know, because that's what you, you know, that's what you want is, you know. That's That's great. Yeah. I I mean, I fell in love with Star Wars too when I was about 12 or 13 through Charlotte. And it it really is like the sweet spot (laughs) for Star Wars fans, like come in right around that age. So it's cool that all of us are kind of right around that time period that we fell in love with it too. And Return of the Jedi is my favorite Star Wars movie. So I I feel you on like that being your – like your your all in moment with Star Wars. Yeah, it's great. It's a great movie. It's so rewatchable. I mean, they're all rewatchable, but (laughs) – yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, clearly they're all rewatchable. That's kind of why we're right. here. But <laughs> the Jedi especially is super rewatchable. <laughs> um, so how did you – we want to start talking about 365 Women. So what kind of gave you the inspiration to even start a project like this and, and tell our listeners really what it is too? So I wanted to do – I'm like a very goal-oriented person. Like I need to have a goal. I need to have a schedule. I need to have a deadline or else I just won't do anything. And I really wanted to write more in 2018. And I wanted to kind of have something that I had complete ownership over. So I wasn't waiting for like an editor or a publisher to approve something or schedule something. Um, and I was like, well, I mean, it would be great to have like a stunning Star Wars. I felt like I had all of this information from the series I'd been doing for Fangirl, where I was breaking down all of the feature films and looking at all the screenshots of all the different female characters from the biggest to the smallest. I felt like I had all this information and like I should do something with it. Um, and so that's kind of how I love that series, it, um, by the way. Oh, thank you. No, it, like it's, it's every time I do it, I'm like, oh, this will be easy. And then I'm like, oh, like. but it's been really fun. I got a lot of good reactions from people, you know, about that. And so this initially was going to be a simple Twitter shout out. Um, It was just like, it was December 28th when my husband was like, you should make a website, you know? And I'm like, I should make a website. (laughs) Uh, And I like the idea of the website because I like that it's just going to be there forever. And like, if you don't, you know, if you never see it on Twitter, like you can always just go back to the website and catch up on the entire thing. And it'll just kind of be there as just kind of a record of women in in Star Wars. And so the idea is that every day I profile a woman who is either a female character, an actress, um, a crew member, a person who wrote a book, like someone who did the art for a comic book. Like I'm really trying to expand it as much as I can just to kind of give you a flavor for like, if you love Star Wars, here are all the different ways that you can be a part of that. Or it doesn't even have to be Star Wars. It's really anything. Like if you have a passion for anything, like there are a variety of ways that you can, you know, have fun with that passion and have it be a part of your life. Totally. I think it's so cool. I Has it been difficult though to find like at least 365 people, women related to Star Wars? Or have you actually found it a lot easier than you expected? I think that if I would have just kept it to characters in the films and the TV shows, it, I would have been able to probably come up with 365, but it wouldn't have been, it would have been like such minor characters that it would, you know, it's kind of would have a little been a little bit boring. Um, I don't have 
everyone seems to think that I have like a full like schedule for the entire year. And that is, that is not <laughs> accurate, <laughs> but I do have a lot. <laughs> I have a very messy spreadsheet. I, I believe I will have plenty of women. I sometimes worry that I'm like front loading it a little bit too much. Um, but I'm trying to kind of push, you know, like some big names, you know, further back just to make sure I can kind of spread it around. Um, but the more I look into, uh, the behind the scenes people and really including the actresses, like there are just so many amazing actresses where star Wars was a very small part of who, who they are. Um, and so I think it's kind of fun to kind of like, if you, you know, Milo of star Wars really encouraged me to watch all other kinds of movies, you know, from different time periods, from different countries, right. different genres. Um, that is one of the reasons why I have always been inspired by Star Wars is because George Lucas was inspired by so many films to make it that I kind of, you know, and I just am a huge film history person in general. Um, and so it kind of, you know, I don't even know. I don't know where I am now. I'm lost in the woods from whatever you asked me. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're definitely not. I'm totally following you. I'm, I, I'm really impressed by so basically you have like uh, I'm sure in some way you have outlined like when Leia's gonna be right yeah, like so, <laughs> well, I, just, I started with Leia because I was like you have to start with Leia uh, and then I yeah. go back and forth mm-hmm. about yeah, like yeah. when I'm gonna have Carrie Fisher like who's gonna be on May the 4th like some of these things like having Yaddle on Valentine's Day was the best happy accident ever like I was <laughs> Like, I should have totally done this. But, like, I really, like, I haven't, you know, processed it. Like, I did an interview with Zena Duncan, who was a costume buyer for The Last Jedi mm-hmm. and is a very well-known, amazing Hera cosplayer. And, you know, she ended up being on Day 50. And, like, I was like, oh, look at that. You know, and she was pleased about it. And I was like, that was, you know, I'd like to say that that was intentional. But, you know, I really, it's, it's all kind of yeah. happening pretty last minute. Um, but, so I'm trying to kind of figure it out. I'm really trying to make sure that, I do like having some theme weeks where I have kind of like five days straight of like, you know, certain, right, you know, the, handmaidens. Kind of, kind of, the handmaidens was like the thing. I, I yeah. love the handmaidens. And this was like my perfect excuse to kind of just like totally like, I want to know everything about all the handmaidens. This is all I'm going to do this week. And so that was super fun. That's so awesome. You're in good company. All Charlotte wants is a handmaiden yeah. standalone. So. <laughs> no, I'm like, I think that like there could be, you know, like, really old handmaidens or like the daughters of handmaidens like they'd be popping up in anything like I don't know why we're not seeing more of them like I feel like that would just be you know a very fun and easy way to uh include them I totally agree it's definitely an untapped character well yeah and I think that uh but what I'm trying one thing I'm really trying to do is make sure that I not only have characters from canon comics but have kind of you know, characters from Legends comics and really kind of mix it up as much as I can in between my theme weeks, mm-hmm. which I kind of get obsessed about because it's just, it's, it's kind of, I don't know, everyone likes a theme week, I feel like, or maybe it's just me. But <laughs> <laughs> No, those were always the best weeks in school, you know, like dress like your twin for the day, dress like a different decade. Like the theme weeks are always the best weeks. They're so much fun. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I love about your site, and you've been touching on this, is just how diversified, like where you're pulling these sources from. I mean, like you talk about how you started with Leia, but then on day two, like Kathy Monroe, who I had no idea who she was, um, that she was even playing that character in Empire Strikes Back um, with 
with Zuckus. I think it's just, it's really cool and how you're pulling all this information, like linking back to her website. Like that is such an undertaking, firstly. <laughs> but has there been anything that's surprised you so far in this process? And I know, you know, it's only March that you're still, it's still kind of the early stages, but what's it kind of been like so far, kind of gathering all this information? Well, I think that there's like some really fun stuff. Like I thought it was great that Pernell August, who, um, played Shmi Smi- Skywalker, like Shmi Skywalker <laughs> in the pre- prequels. Um, like that she won Best Actress at Cannes in like the 90s, like and had this mm-hmm. whole career that like I was completely unaware of. And I knew that she was like, I knew that this wasn't the only thing she had acted in, but like I really hadn't like looked into that. And I thought that was like a really fun thing. Um, like I just did uh, Shelte Retrack. I don't know how you say her name, but um you in like, he had a daughter who like was adopted by Bale and Breha and like was raised as Le- Leia's sister and I'm like what like I didn't read any of those legends books and so I was like that is amazing like why didn't I know this um there's so many legends that I don't That's awesome. there's so much stuff from the legends that I don't know that like I'm constantly finding things about that that I'm really excited about and then I I will say that uh, the bummer thing is that like I was pretty aware that I think everyone is aware that Star Wars doesn't have any female directors. I was sad that that also mm-hmm. extended to Star Wars Rebels and the Clone Wars series. Um, and I started mm-hmm. like, what about the Ewoks movies? What about the droids cartoon? You know, what about like all these other things? And like, but there just really isn't anything there. Um, and the writers too, like Ooh. there was, you know, I think a lot of people have been tweeting about how like, it's kind of sad that there's only one woman that wrote an episode of Rebels. I think she might've written a couple mm-hmm. of them. Um, and then there were, I think six women who wrote for the Clone Wars, um, yes. but, which was a little bit better, but, um, but, but still, still you know, not in those like leadership positions. Yeah. yeah. And like, and it's great that yeah. like forces of destiny had Jennifer Moreau, like who wrote all of those, like, that's great. Um, but you know, I just think that so much of the heart of a story is from the writer that it just, it, it's that, that makes me kind of, that was a, a sad surprise. Totally. Mm. It's it's interesting how on one hand your projects can really bring to light kind of all these hidden figures, these these hidden women who have been in the in within Star Wars, you know, the whole time, but then also really shedding light on the fact that okay, yeah, we have a lot of um, like maybe it's art artists in the comics and stuff, but you can really see where there's this discrepancy and it's it's like tangible numbers that you can see represented in your website, um, which I think I think that part of it is really cool and um, really necessary too. Yeah, I felt pretty strongly for both the Fangirl Breakdown series and mm-hmm. this project that I wanted it to be overall positive. Like, I didn't want to write, like, a Rogue One, here's all the women in Rogue One, like, takedown kind of a, you know, like, this is horrible, you know, kind of a thing. Like, because I, it turns out partially because I really like Rogue One, um, despite the fact <laughs> that there aren't a ton of women in it. I think it's an awesome movie. Um, so relatable. Honestly, I like Star Wars because, like, I mean, I fell in love with the original trilogy and there were, like, practically no, I mean, there was Leia. And, like, Leia... Mm-hmm. Overall, like, like, you know, there's a lot of articles that, like, Leia isn't enough, like, we need more than Leia, like, but, like, my reality as a 10-year-old is that Leia actually was enough, because she was so awesome, but, like, that doesn't mean that on other things I don't want, you know, I don't want more, but for me, this is kind of, like, a love letter to the women that have been a part of Star Wars history, um, and that was kind of the thing that I, like, I sometimes do a little bit of, like, critiquing of, you know, different things, um, I do think it's important to kind of, you know, 
talk about these things. And I talk about it on Twitter a little bit. Like I was like trying to figure out like, you know, it turns out I have like 20 reference books, but only one woman had written any of them. And I'm like, this can't be how it's always been. Like, what am I missing? And, you know, people have been great to kind of help me fill in those blanks. And I really, really appreciate all of the people who have been responding to my various questions recently. That has really been uh, super helpful. I was going to say, I loved how you phrased that talking about Leia, Amy, about how, yeah, it, it would have been great to have more women, but at, you know, as a 10 year old falling in love with Star Wars, like Leia was enough because she was just that awesome of a character and still is today. And I think that's such a, a great thing to keep in mind when we're seeing these, um, these rooms for these, ways to improve Star Wars, like including more women directors, it doesn't have to take away from our enjoyment of what's already out there. Um, it just says that I love this thing and I want it to be better. And I don't know. I just, I really liked that kind of image of, I would have liked to have had more women in Empire Strikes Back in the original trilogy, but Leia was enough because she's Leia Organa and she's amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's hard because, you know, I always feel like it's very challenging. I feel like it was it was an interesting dynamic when the whole Game of Thrones um, announcement came on because to me it was like two separate issues of like, do you think that this is, are you happy about this hire? Or are you not happy about this hire of these specific people? And then there was the whole diversity elephant in the room kind of a thing. And to me, look, they were pretty mm-hmm. like, I'm always like hesitant to kind of jump in there when people are like, oh, this person got hired. I don't like this person. I don't like what they did. Like I wish somebody else was hired. Like I'm always kind of, you know, not excited to get involved in that because I'm like, you know, just because they have something doesn't mean that there can be more things, but you know, it, it is just getting a bit ridiculous. Like, you know, where you're just like, okay. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, it's just the, the list just keeps on growing and it's like, Oh my, when are they just going to throw us a bone? Well, I'm like a total optimist <laughs> and I'm like, I am like a super chill star Wars fan. Like I, don't get very upset, like, by any news that kind of comes out, because I'm like, oh, like, I like it, I don't like it. Like, you know, I love Star Wars, but I really try to not let it control my emotions, just because I'm an emotional person. And so that would just completely, like, I would be miserable. Like, if I had a huge reaction to, like, every single thing that came out of the, you know, the news Star Wars-wise, like, I would just be, like, hiding under my bed, you know, like, either very excited or very, you know, upset. So... I try to like, you know, like I know that they will, you know, hire, you know, more minorities and more like, you know, women, more like non-white people, but you know, but I am eager for that day. Yes, so am I. So, um, kind of moving on, in within Star Wars, what are you most passionate about? Well, I think I'm always I've always been kind of like a film first fan. Like the films are always like the main thing for me. I have read some of the books. I've read quite a few of the canon books. I like. I haven't read any very many of the legends books. Um, although I really did like the ones that I did read. Um, I've only recently started to enjoy reading comics, which I'm not sure exactly how that happened. I think it was because I really became a fan of some of the artists. Um, but I'm like currently like I bought mm-hmm. a Marvel Unlimited subscription. I'm trying to catch up with a whole bunch of stuff. Um, but I think the films are always going to be like the main thing that mm-hmm. that I that I am interested in. I do like the TV shows quite a bit too, but like, I don't think I'm ever going to be attached. I don't think I'll ever be attached to anything as much as I am the original trilogy. I don't think that that is like physically possible. Um, like, you know, and I don't expect anything to like either. Like I don't compare, like I can't rank the star Wars films to save my life. Like that just doesn't work for me. 
Yeah, we really struggle with that. And (laughs) like, it always changes. And I don't have a concrete Mm -hmm. answer. And I'm not even sure if there should be an answer. And I just keep going back and Mm -hmm. and forth in my mind about the ranking and the that like philosophy behind ranking. And I find uh, other people's rankings fascinating. um, But I feel like I. I can't, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I recently, when when I've been asked this question, I've recently been saying, let me give you my favorites from each trilogy and kind of go from there because it's like to imply that, you know, something is my number, you know, eight or nine Star Wars movie implies that I like it <laughs> least. Whereas really, I like I genuinely love all of Star Wars. So, I mean, definitely like, you know, Return of the Jedi is my favorite of the original trilogy. You know, Attack of the Clones is my favorite prequel. I feel like that's a better gauge of where my Star Wars interests are. <laughs> rather than kind of ranking because then you just kind of assume the worst you know what I mean for whatever's at the bottom of the list when that's not really the case at all right so outside of kind of your website which I know is probably taking up most of your fandom time right now how else do you like to express your fandom for Star Wars or for other properties too so I mean, really, like, the website is, like, the main thing that I'm kind of doing. Like, I do, like, try to take in a lot of the content and stuff like that. My family has been gone to uh, Denver Comic-Con the last couple of years, and that's been uh, quite fun just to kind of, you know, my I think I, I talk about this a lot. My children do not like Star Wars, which is, you know, not fair, <laughs> especially my daughter. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm like, damn it, you know, like, uh, but, like, they really enjoy going to, like, to, to Comic-Con, which is part Star Wars, but, you know, like, part of a whole bunch of other, you know, kind of geeky things but but really like my the writing that I do is kind of like the main thing I do like I write a little bit for the official Star Wars site and I'm still writing for fangirl um and that really is kind of Mm -hmm. my you know geeky outlet that I do that's away from my you know married suburban mother lifestyle which I like quite a bit (laughs) but (laughs) <laughs> I I love your articles about the introduction of Ray and the introduction of Kylo on mm-hmm. the Star Wars website. They're was, so good. Thank you. No, Just about to say the same thing. They're really great. Yeah, no, I there was like a it was like a three or a four month gap between when I turned in my Ray article, which was the first thing that I'd ever written for them, and when it published. Um and I feel like that was like, it was such a long time that when it finally published, I was just like, I mean, I felt like I had had a child, you know, like I was like, oh, it's there. <laughs> and I was like, are they going to publish it? Like, why is it taking so long? You know, like, and it, you know, like it just, you know, they had, you know, they had a lot of news going on, but um, <laughs> you don't I was say. Like, so excited for that to come out. And it turns out that something else I wrote for them ended up publishing before the Ray thing. Um, but I always have a slight panic attack when I see that the like the Star Wars Twitter account has tweeted out something that I wrote. Um, but I'm just like, oh my God, like so many people are reading it. I mean, cause not that many people read my 365 Star Wars and that's kind of in nice in a way just because you're like, no one's going to bother me about <laughs> it. Right? It's just for me, you know, like and it's for, you know, anyone who might find it. But uh, I always like, you know, get a little panicky. Like when I see that it's like those Star Wars.com articles are out in the world. I'm like, Hmm, what's going to happen? Um, but so far, like, you know, and I was like, oh, like I always write about women that I wrote about Kylo. Like, is this, is a different amount, are different people going to come out of the woodwork, you know, like, and tell me how much I got it wrong. But, uh, but they didn't. So again, knock on. Because they no, were, you got it all right. Yeah, because they were, you were so right. <laughs> Everyone, I'll, I'll link it in the show notes. You should go check out those articles if you haven't, listeners. It's so good. Yeah, definitely check them out Thank and you. definitely check out 
the, the 365 website as well. Um, so kind of to wrap things up, we have a question that we love to ask all of our guests on our show. And basically, it's our Star Wars dinner question. So for those of you who have not heard of the Star Wars dinner question before, basically, Charlotte and I used to play this quote unquote game a lot when we had basically run out of things to say or talk about to each other. Um, but the game goes that you pick five people in the Star Wars world, and they can be creators, characters, actors, actresses, creatures, whoever you want. Um, you have five seats at your dinner table, and who do you want to invite, and what are you kind of hoping to gain from the dinner party? So we want to know, Amy, who would you most like to have at your Star Wars dinner? I know. I've heard you guys ask this to other people, and like I'm always tempted just to say, like, you and McGregor, and that's it. Like, just me and you and, like, <laughs> just me and you and hanging out. Uh, but I, so I do, like, I, I would invite you and McGregor because I have a crush on him, and that's that. Uh, I would love Carrie Fisher, obviously. She is just an incredible, like, important person, like, as I was growing up, not only because she was Leia, but just because who she was as an author. Um, Mark Hamill, because he just seems delightful um, in every way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Preach. Uh, who uh, I would invite Kathleen Kennedy because I've always admired her when I was growing up. Like I always like she was like one of the most higher profile producers. Um, I would want to like get some dirt on some of the stuff that's been going on in the last couple of years. Yes. <laughs> but I would love just to talk to her about like her work in the eighties and the nineties and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like she just you know like but but I do want the dirt as well. <laughs> um, and then wait, is that is that four? Yes, uh, four. I would want. I don't think I can mix fictional and non-fictional people um i would i think i would say john boyega yes nice i think that he would just be super fun to hang out with like he so many of the people who are in the sequel trilogy just seem so so delighted to be a part of star wars Mm -hmm. and that was so fun to see um and so i would i would love to to chat with him he would be great i whenever i invite you and mcgregor to my dinner i like to have john boyega there too because i feel like they would just (laughs) hit it off really well and make everything funny and they've got accents and it would just it would be so great and I would say like charming and like I don't know like if Kathleen Kennedy is funny or anything like that but I feel like you know like maybe Kathleen and I would just be talking but then you know like there would never be awkward silence at this dinner table there wouldn't there wouldn't and and Ewan and John would make sure I mean Carrie too obviously and Mark you you've really got an all-star cast (laughs) yeah it's like a really rounded out dinner yeah (laughs) I want to come it's gonna be one of (laughs) those like late into the night dinner parties that never seem to end and like by the end of it everyone has their shoes off like ties are undone you know the wine bottles are on the table that I want to come too yeah and, and I'm like Kathleen seriously now that we've had some wine like you can <laughs> tell me I won't tell anybody mm-hmm. that's so true that's so true and Carrie she would be the one to just like lay it all on the line because I bet <laughs> would. Would. If, if you couldn't get it from Kathy like Carrie would be like come on Kathy just tell her yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really fun Well, thank you, Amy, so much for being on the show. We're so glad we were finally able to have you on. And we, again, we are just so impressed with the project you're doing and so excited to see it continue throughout the rest of 2018. Um, But until we get to the end of 2018 and kind of see how everything has shook out for the year, where can people find you and your website between then? So the website is 365starwarswomen.com. On Twitter, you can either follow me, which is at Amy Rickow, um, which is A-M-Y 
R-I-C-H-A-U, or easier, uh, the hashtag 365 Star Wars Women. Um, and then I also just this week did uh, start an Instagram account for it because, you know, I have all this extra time. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. But, I, but to me, the visuals of the project are some of the most interesting. And I'm like, I'm going to throw it all on Instagram. Um, and I can't even think of what I call What is it called? It's called 365 Star Wars. <laughs> I just looked it up and I followed okay. you. <laughs> <laughs> well, wow. now I'm just like trying to dump, like I'm trying to catch up, you know, like, and so who I, like, I'm just trying to like get up to, I think today is day 60. And so I'm like, just push through, catch up. And then, you know, I'll just keep it going. Yeah. It's a good follow. I like the formatting. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll have, I'll have all those links in the show notes or on our website, which is skytalkers.com. And thank you so much, Amy, for being on the show. It was such a delight to talk to you. Thank you. Hello and welcome to part two where we are talking to our very good friend Mr. Danny Pirtle on the show today. You might know him on Rogue Six uh, as Rogue Six from Rogue Quadrant and they're right now they're reading through the courtship of Princess Leia but he's just started a brand new project and he is here to tell us all about it. Welcome Danny. We are so excited to have you on the show today. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you so much. Yay. Yay. We're really, really excited. We, <laughs> we talk all the time on Twitter and it's just like, mm. it's great. <laughs> and we met you for like a hot second at Celebration. Oh my gosh. I forgot about that. We totally did. You met you met me at my worst. <laughs> no, you met me at my worst. <laughs> yeah, you met Probably Charlotte all. at my worst. Let's, let's not sugarcoat this. I met Charlotte at her uh, most liberal with her wallet, perhaps. <laughs> I, think, I think what you actually said to Charlotte was, Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so for context, story. this was the gala, the yeah. Carrie Fisher gala. Yeah. <laughs> Just- yes. And I did the silent auction and I was like, you know, silent auctions, like you think everyone's gonna bid on it. And no one really bid after me on like the seven things I did the silent <laughs> auction on. I had a couple drinks and like this is what happened, and I ended up buying like so much stuff. Literally literally <laughs> We had to like <laughs> have a separate suitcase for it when we went back home. <laughs> but and I was the one who was collecting the money for all the silent auction items at the end of the night. So yeah, I oh saw no. the tab. <laughs> it was really funny. It was funny, but you that's... still have all that stuff. What did you end up oh, with? Yeah. Um, so much her universe clothes. So much. Um, a print. What else did I get, Caitlin? Like, literally, like, an you entire got, new wardrobe of Star Wars Yeah, stuff. it was a lot of her universe, but you got some older um, Celebration exclusive shirts. Like, yes. the Ray shirts that you got. Um, yeah. Those were Celebration ones, which, those were cool. I got one. Yeah, of them. I mean, I bid on the stuff that I wanted, so it was good. And, and she I, got it. Yeah, I got <laughs> Every it. Every single <laughs> thing she bid on. <laughs> and it all went to a good cause, at least, so, you know. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It was just exactly. funny. They kept calling your name. And the winner is Charlotte Arity. Charlotte Arity. A couple more times. Charlotte Arity. I was like, oh my God, I need another drink. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're here to talk about Porgology. So Danny, can you tell us a little bit about Porgology and how you started it and how did it come to be? Um, just go for it. Yeah. So the, the origin story of Porgology. Flashback <laughs> three weeks ago. <laughs> um, no, but so... Like before I was really in the Star Wars fandom, like I've always been a huge nature and animal and wildlife enthusiast to the point where like I have a biology degree. I've done a lot of work in um, environmental education and wildlife research. And so um, 
then I kind of got involved in the Star Wars fandom and I've always just kind of grappled with like these two things are very different. And and where is the overlap and how do I like find the intersection between my love of of wildlife and animals and the environment and Star Wars? And so I've I've kind of kind of sort of found that like there's some kind of cool creatures in Star Wars and kind of really focused my fandom on that, but I've never really had a way to kind of um, really an outlet, I guess you would say, to uh, really like get excited about and get really super nerdy about the creatures in Star Wars. I did a couple of years ago. Um, I totally forgot about this. A couple of years ago, I did a <laughs> March Madness style bracket competition. Oh my gosh, I remember that. And were, were we friends back then? I was or following a lot of people in the Star Wars fandom on Twitter. Got <laughs> it. So you probably like I, saw these polls pop up from time to time. But I set up like yes. a whole... 32 uh, creatures bracket and we did like Twitter polls creature by creature and like went through to determine the most popular Star Wars creature. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Um, the winner. Do you remember? Do you know who the winner was? I honestly don't remember. Do any guesses? So this is this is um, pre Porgs. So like I feel like if I did it today, the Porgs would just like by a landslide. Probably the Ewoks, right? No, the Ewoks weren't in it. Because okay. I yeah. I defined them so <laughs> hey let's get oh, super that's true, though. Was like sentient is, and non sentient yeah. creatures right and so I was specifically focusing on the non sentient creatures so like the not alien species right I'm try- I feel like I'm realizing that I don't pay attention a lot to creatures in Star Wars because I'm running through <laughs> my head trying to think of what creatures would have won was so it I'll give you a hint it was from Star Wars Rebels. The Lothcat? Oh. Yeah, the Lothcat <gasps> took, took yes! the prize. Surprisingly, <laughs> it came down to the Lothcat versus the Tauntaun, which was like this really surprising thing. Like the Tauntaun, no one had the Tauntaun to win in their brackets, but for some reason it just kept advancing and kept advancing. But but the Lothcat took it in the end. So. Wow. Um, but anyway, so that was like a thing I did. That was kind of fun. But so I've always just kind of been tossing around like, what's a, what's a way to like get really geeky about Star Wars creatures and Star Wars aliens? And, and like, I thought about a podcast for a while cause I've got the other podcast, but, but really I just, it's a visual medium. You need to really appreciate this. So, um, finally just at the beginning of this year, I was like, all right, time to just make a blog and go for it. So, um, gathered up some fellow like science Star Wars-y nerds, and we've just started putting, putting blog posts out there about the intersection of science and Star Wars and specifically like biology, zoology, physiology, of creatures and aliens. And so that's what the blog is. It's a blog just kind of exploring those different themes. We kicked off with Porg Week because, uh, you know, Porgs are really, they're kind of our mascot because it is called Porgology. (laughs) Um, So we had a week's worth of posts about Porgs, um, exploring like the history of the Porg and the fandom. We had one uh, guy named Andrew with this really cool post uh, analyzing whether Porgs can be viewed as an invasive species in the galaxy far, far away. Um, and then one of our other writers, Katie did this amazing post, like looking at all the different types of animals that inspire the look of the porg and got into such things as like analyzing porg dentition and like what we can learn about the porgs based on the type of teeth they have. So just like (laughs) things I'd never even, you know, considered to, to get really excited about. And so it's just kind of been a lot of fun to, to look at those different aspects of the creatures from star Wars through the lens of like our real world biology and, and biological concepts. 
Yeah, that is just so incredibly interesting. I've never thought about Star Wars through that lens. And Charlotte and I talk a lot about how we, and we were just talking about this on Fulcrum File, Charlotte, about like the art and art history lean in Rebels that we've kind of seen and how that really relates to our personal interests. And so I think it's so cool to have this biology perspective on the galaxy because it's not, I was never into science in school. But it's really interesting now viewing it through like porgology and I was looking at the field notes for the porg and it was it was just so interesting how you you guys really did break it down like a scientist would approach these species. I think it's it's just so fascinating. Um, so what kind of are your overall goals for por- porgology going forward? Are you guys going to do another March Madness? Do you have other things coming down the pipeline? Um, so the March Madness thing, I wish that I remembered that a little sooner because that would have been a lot of fun, but that, that there was a lot of planning that went into it. It's probably not this year. Um, really just the goal is to kind of get people talking and, 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 um, draw like drawing comparisons between what we're seeing on the screen and all these cool creatures on the screen. And like Ryan Johnson just was a gift to Porgology. Like there were so many cool creatures that came out of that movie, um, not to mention like all the alien species on Canto Bite. Like you could probably do an entire blog on on The Last Jedi alone. Um, but just yeah, like really digging down. So um, one of the one of the things that I'm really interested in doing is is producing in universe style um, posts. So like the mm-hmm. Porg post that you mentioned, Caitlin, is the first of. Um, I've basically created this character that's a, a zoologist that's traveling through the galaxy, and he's going to submit posts from time to time. Um, sort of like David Attenborough style nature documentary observations, like as a naturalist. Um, and, and so I, what I'm doing with that is like each time he posts like an update from his travel log, like it will include an entry into his field guide. And my hope is that like eventually we can create this whole field guide of creatures from the galaxy. That is something that um, I would love to have. And, and I couldn't do it. I have no drawing skills, so I couldn't do it without the awesome help of my friend Saf, who's, um, does some art on the side and did some sketches for me. So, um, what was the question again? (laughs) (laughs) Um, no, just kind of talking about your goals for the site, which I mean, so so like, yeah, getting conversations going about like science and, and, and science and star Wars. And then also, yeah, like cataloging and compiling, like what, there are so many different species like in this universe. I was, mm-hmm. I was, um, I went down the Wikipedia rabbit hole at one point and just found like, I was trying to come up with a name for this guy's ship. And I ended up settling on the Bula bird, which is like a, a single sentence in aftermath by Chuck Wendig. He mentions the Bula birds in the skies on Chandrilla. And now like that single word, now you can like create a whole new species out of that. So there's just like literally thousands of different species in the galaxy right now. And it's just so fun to kind of dive in and, and see what information we know about them and then what information we can, we can, um, infer about them, you know, based on what we know about their habitat, what we know about their behaviors, and and looking at that again, based on, you know, what we know about real world creatures. Totally. The, the post that you, yeah, it is really fascinating. The, the post that you mentioned is, Caitlin and I were talking about it before, because we love it so much that it's kind of this fictionalized, like, account in universe um, description, like you said. Um, I just think it's like, <laughs> I was using the word to describe it as cozy. I feel like some of the mm-hmm. things on your site are just like so kind of comforting to read. It's one of these things that you like have like a cup of coffee and read all these different <laughs> accounts of um, whether it's the David Attenborough character or um, that I loved the post on ecofeminism. Mm-hmm. I- 
so so interesting. Like I've just learned so much just from you haven't even had this up for that long. And I'm just so excited to see where it goes in the future. Oh, thanks. Mm-hmm. That's really nice to hear. And that's yeah, like, I, that's why it's important to me to have, like, I've got, we've got five or six folks who are kind of quote unquote staff writers who are going to like contribute monthly, but also to have like that ecofeminism post was just someone who saw the site and was like, oh, I have a post that I've been mulling around in my head. I think I'd like to, to write it up for you. And, and so getting other voices who are like, I would never in a million years think to view Rogue One through an ecofeminist lens, but there's just so many cool ways and different ways that we can view these movies that we've, you know, never even approached yet. So... Yeah, I'm always down for that kind of look into these films. And um, I'm just, it, I'm, I'm blown away by it. I think it's just really cool. Um, well, thank you. But I wanted to know, it, no problem. <laughs> I wanted to know <laughs> what your favorite alien species or creature um, was, if you have like a soft spot for any of them. Yeah. So, I, I, I mean, how do I pick my favorite of my children? Right. <laughs> um, my so my I've I've been on record before. My favorite alien species is the Ithorians, mm-hmm. and and the reason for that is because they are kind of they are the me of the galaxy. They're the environmentalists of of the galaxy far far away. There's um, a lot of backstory from from different legends books that talks about how you know their culture and their so the the planet of Ithor they actually built. Um, they live on hovering land masses that they've constructed so that they're not actually having an imprint on their actual planet. They're living above it because like they hold the planet and and the creatures of the planet in, in the highest regard. Um, so they're, they're really kind of the environmentalists of, of the galaxy far, far away. And we don't get a ton about them, but like mm-hmm. whenever there's little details, I love to just like grab onto that. And, and one of my favorite examples is in, um, in bloodline by Claudia Gray. There is there's one mention of the Ithorian senators and how they're refusing to pick a side in the what is it the centrist and the populist debate that's going on throughout that book, and how the mm-hmm. Ithorian senators are refusing to pick a side. And in my brain, and then went, well, of course they're the Green Party. No wonder they don't want to pick a side. And so <laughs> I love to just like I, I love the Ithorians because they're the environmentalists of of the galaxy, and so that's why the 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 character I chose is an Ithorian because it seemed the most obvious to me that they'd be the ones that would be. Um, exploring and, and learning about the, the creatures. I love that. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. Yeah. Which, okay, so that's your favorite species. Right. Which creature would you have as a pet? Um, I, would, I would have a porg. It's, I know it's yeah. kind of a stereotypical response, but man, they just, from the moment that little guy showed up in the video last year, like the porgs just, they <laughs> stole my heart. They're- the porgs are honestly like, it's so hard for me to choose. If I were to choose a favorite, like I feel like I'd have to say the porg right mm-hmm. now. It's just so cute. They're just so cute. Like the, I mean, the, the other one, I guess, so is the Voltics. Like I really love the Voltices, um, f- the the crystal foxes. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know if I'd want one as a pet. Like I feel like I wouldn't want it. You can't snuggle with a crystal right, critter. Snuggle with it, and like they're wild creatures. I want them to. Whereas I feel like the porgs are very easily domesticatable. So yeah, <laughs> as, as was they, demonstrated they, in the movie. <laughs> Yeah, they settled <laughs> right into the Millennium Falcon. Right, absolutely. I, I definitely think I'd have to go Lothcat route. They, yeah, Lothcat's a good choice, too. Yeah, I think I'd have to go with a Lothcat. Uh, Porg would be a close second, though, I think. But I will say, I tend to gravitate towards the Voltices. Vul- yeah, nice, yeah. <laughs> I just love how they sound. I just want yeah. that like walking around my property at like all hours. Just like a nice 
The wind chimes. Yeah, they're like a wind chime. Yeah. Oh my gosh! You know what's no, so they much are a wind chime. Maybe, like maybe Porgology needs to do this, but you know how there's like people make CDs of just like nature sounds. We need we need Star Wars ambient nature sounds where it's just like yes. the island of Octo, <gasps> like get some waves on a beach and then like an occasional porg in the background. Or like oh the, the wind blowing over the sands of crate with the voltices like howling in the background. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and and them crunching on the salt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. So that would be really good. Okay, how could we do that? <laughs> I'm into that. So yeah, hit me up, Porgology at Gmail if you got an idea for that, because that would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, no, that would be really great. What about you? What are your favorite alien species? Um, I like the Togrudas. Right? As, am I saying that correctly? I never know. See, the, I get like kind of anxious <laughs> and a little self conscious when I talk about alien species and creatures in Star Wars because I don't, I'm not an expert. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I like Togruda. They, they're <laughs> a bunch of, um, it's all fake. So it, you, you, I don't think you can be an expert. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate <True>. that. <laughs> I think, I mean, obviously I love Ahsoka, so I love the Torgrudas as well. But I will say my favorite of like the Jedi Council, I love Coyote Monday. I don't know what's, what <laughs> species he is, but I've always loved Coyote Monday and I love how he looks. And he's just always seemed like a super chill guy. Oh man, I'm blanking on what he is now. I got to look it up. I am trying to look up one of the species. Uh, oh, a Syrian. Uh, why, how would anyone remember that? Syrian. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I don't even think that's ever entered my my like Star Wars knowledge bank. <laughs> I, was, I was really hoping you were going to say Yaddle. No. <laughs> <laughs> Just good. Because we, we don't have a species name for Yoda and Yaddle. Yes, I, I, just like Yaddles. Just Yaddles. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Just, just, Maybe they should just be Yaddles. What if what if the what if that is the species name like Yoda and Yaddle and they're the only ones left so they've just like taken on the name of their species now? Oh, oh, that's good headcanon. Yeah, like right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll write a post about that. Okay, great. You know where to find me. Yes, I had to look up the other. Uh, I, I like Pantorans. Oh yeah, yeah, they're good too. Which, yeah. which one is that one? Is that the... It's Rio. Rio. Okay, that's Chuchi. Chuchi. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. what I thought. Yeah. Chuchi. Yeah. yeah, they are cool too. They got a great look about them. I mean, I anything blue. So Any blue species are... Anything blue. Good, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so do you think on Porgology, you guys will start do, like talking about different like alien species too? Or are you going to keep it just like a strict focus on creatures? Yeah, my. I mean, I think... My hope is to eventually talk about the, the aliens as well. And I think like diving into not just like the biology of the aliens, but like their cultures too, because there's just so many different cultures you can explore there. And I would love to get mm-hmm. into that too. Like we're definitely focused on creatures right now, but we're also three weeks old. So, you know, give us time. <laughs> but <laughs> Why I think, don't you have everything finished yet, I think, Danny? <laughs> I think Beardo Adelberg would definitely be into like learning about the the alien species as well as the creatures. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting like talking about how we talk about the alien species and the creatures in Star Wars. And I'm always drawn back to this episode in Rebels with Click Clack um, and Ezra oh, yeah. like commuting with Click Clack and they kind of treat Click Clack like a creature, but he's a sentient species, mm-hmm. but they, they talk about him like a creature and like Ezra can talk to animals, but Click Clack isn't really an animal. Like he would fall more into alien species Absolutely. for you, right? Yeah, for sure. It's, I mean, 
we, we could talk all day about this designation and how it's like problematic in a lot of ways. Like it, it exists mm-hmm. as a way to like easily differentiate between like uh, creatures that we can communicate with and creatures that we can't. But I mean, mm-hmm. you get into things like the Wampa and, and you know, just because we can't communicate with the Wampa, does that mean that they should be treated differently? Than, you know, there's a lot of ethics there that'd be very fascinating to to discuss and, and dive into. Mm-hmm. Porgology. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so when it comes to Star Wars, since this episode is all about like fan created media and how you fandom, mm-hmm. um, how what are you most passionate about and how do you kind of participate in fandom? Um, I mean, I like, I like getting totally immersed in a different universe. Like I like that escapism factor um, and just like being able to use my imagination that way, which is why I've really been drawn to star Wars because it, you know, whatever medium I'm in the mood for, be it a comic or a, a, a movie or a TV show, or, you know, maybe someday a video game, um, Mm-hmm. I can I can go to that same place. I can go to that same world and like explore that. Um, and so that's like what really draws me to the Star Wars fandom and why I get into that. So I, I really enjoy things like the the visual dictionaries when they come out. Like that's a lot of fun. And I really like the in universe type stuff that comes out too. Like the um, the Jedi manual, the the Imperial manual, and stuff like that. Um, just because mm-hmm. you know I can really kind of immerse and imagine like, oh, I'm actually living here. And and you know what would my what would my role be if I was living here? And again, you know, in the real world, I do environmental nature stuff. And so that's probably what I do in that galaxy too. And, and so what would I be studying? What would I be looking at? Oh, definitely the porgs is where I would, you know. Um, so so kind of just like getting fully immersed in the different media. Um, and then, yeah, like the things that get me excited are the fact that there's so many different creatures and, and aliens and, and fun stuff to explore. And um, I really hope someday we'll have a, a movie with a main character that is an alien. I hope the CGI gets us someday to that point where we can do that. So it'd be a lot of fun. M- me too. Me too. It'll be, yeah, or it'll like, be so. Can different. you imagine a Star Wars movie where there's not a single human in the entire movie? Like, Whoa. how rad would that be? I mean, actually, a lot of, a lot of people probably so wouldn't like cool. that, but I would love that. <laughs> like, that's that's <laughs> what I'm waiting for. No, I think it would be that. That is like the perfect idea for the original concept of the standalone though. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, that's something that's, like super experimental and like really off the wall and like something that people could grow to love. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Yeah. And was yeah. it, wasn't original concepts for rogue one weren't there. They weren't all humans on the crew. Weren't some of them. Oh, yeah. No, it was like yeah, a no, giant elephant man. And like, yeah. And... <laughs> if only, yeah, if only what could have been. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, we probably should have started with this question, but how did you come into Star Wars, Danny? Uh, I mean, like, I, I watched the movies as a kid. Uh, my first experience watching the movies was with my dad. He was a huge fan when when they came out in the 70s. And so he sat me down with the VHSs when I was like seven or eight. And, and we would watch the first, well, we watched all three of them this way, where he, like every other minute he would pause it. And like, just to make sure that I understood what was going on or like catch me up to like expand like, oh, well, you know, Darth Vader represents the Empire and the Empire is the bad. And I was just like, Dad, I just want to watch the movie. But um, <laughs> that was my first experience with it. So I like watched him as a kid and I like I went to the prequels when they came out movie theaters. But it was really always just kind of a, a thing that I was aware of and enjoyed. But I really kind of got into it uh, about a year before The Force Awakens came out. And it was it was around that time that I kind of discovered the fandom community and really discovered the podcasting world. And like that was what really got me into it was like having this group of people that like had the shared interest in a fictional world and being able to um, share that with each other. 
Very cool. Very cool. Okay. So I think we're going to wrap up this segment with you, Danny. But as you know, we like to end with one very important question, and it is the mm-hmm. Star Wars dinner question. And for- five forks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that- that's the fastest, Not really. <laughs> the fastest dinner I've ever had. <laughs> also the messiest, yeah, probably. probably. So, okay. All right. Let's dive in a little bit deeper to this, into this since you've answered the question so quickly. Where are you having your dinner in Star Wars world? No, wait. I want, I want to answer it without five porks. Wait. Okay. <laughs> we, Charlotte, we got to start putting some rules on this because people keep coming into this like, I'm going to have two dinners, maybe an extra well, person. <laughs> do I, am I inviting five sentient creatures and their pets? Because like uh, the porks are just oh, like off the side here, right? With my oh. five dinner mates. I mean, I guess I feel like you can have pets. We're going to allow yeah, you to have you can pets. Have pets. Yeah. Okay. So there's five porks under the table, like catching our scraps, I guess. <laughs> everyone, everyone yeah. has a pet pork. All of your, all of your invitees have a yes. pet pork. Yeah. We've never seen any of them um, on the screen, but they all do. Like it's just not known. Uh, okay. So, so I, I want to use my dinner as like an opportunity. I've been thinking about this because I've been listening to your podcast since the get-go. Um, I want to use the dinner as an opportunity to learn about different alien cultures. Yeah, and so obviously, okay. number one, I have to have an Ithorian at mm-hmm. the dinner table. And the problem is that the only like really well-known Ithorian is a bounty hunter from the cantina. Uh, not a lot going on there. I don't think he's going to like have a lot to say about his home planet. So I actually am going with the super obscure old Joe. Oh, who was the, that's very, yeah, you know who he is. he's the, uh, <laughs> the what is it like bartender on Lothal? Um, I actually remember that. Yeah. yeah. And he's just like, <laughs> like he just seems like the guy that you'd like go to the bar and he'd like tell you stories of the old days on Ithor. So, so he's my Ithorian representative. And he'd bring drinks. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so there's the drinks covered. Um, and then I want to learn about Mon Calamari from Akbar. <laughs> and I want to learn about the Celestins from Dian Dub. And, um, nice. oh man, who was the other one? Oh, I did have one human. I, I want Dr. Afra from the comics to be there because Ooh. she's just a delight. And she's also an archaeologist, so probably has a lot to contribute on the um, cultural studies side of things. Yes. She's just so awesome. Yeah. No, no one has invited Afra yeah. to dinner yet. And... Yeah, no one's invited Akbar, Akbar or Ninam either. Come on. Or that'd, Old Joe. Or Port. <laughs> so you're breaking ground here, Danny. <laughs> that'd be a great dinner, wouldn't it? I, I have no interest in inviting real people to my dinner, which again kind of uh, colors how I experience fandom. <laughs> I'm all about just like getting into the imaginary world there. Um, That's the point, though, of the dinner, mm, man. Yeah. <laughs> Who would my fifth one be? Maybe Ahsoka, although she didn't like spend a lot of time on her home planet. No. Maybe Hera. Maybe Hera can tell me about uh, oh, um, uh, Ryloth. Or, yeah, yeah, that'd be, yeah, that would be great. Good. Cham might have more stories, but I feel like I'd I'd more enjoy having Hera there. So I'm gonna go with Hera. Mm-hmm. I think this is a first for every single invite. No one's invited Hera before. They, wow. no, I know. We need to have more Hera stands Seriously? on the show. <laughs> <laughs> So I think your dinner was so good and it really just kind of described so much about yourself and like you mentioned, the way that you fandom and I love that. And again, no one has brought these people to the Star Wars dinner yet and that's really awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's it's really fun. And I would love to, I would love, I love the fact that all of your dinner guests all had pet porks. Um, 
I mean, it's just a very little known fact about Akbar. Like the, the, <laughs> the tragic thing about him is that he went way too soon and there was so much more we had to learn about him. And, and I mean, his pet pork is probably really sad right now. Let's- but wait, hold, hold on, hold on a second. Don't the Mon Cal, don't they live underwater usually? Okay. Caitlin, who's the porgologist here? <laughs> I don't, I, I'm asking, I'm asking. That's why I'm like, does the porg have like a little, like a little scuba dive porg Yeah, style? yeah, yeah. Anything for Akbar's porg. Okay. All right. <laughs> the Akbar's porg lives in like a little jar, like the in the trailer for Solo. Behind, oh, not very sad. humane. Oh, oh no. you know what? You're right. <laughs> Akbar only has his porg. It's like they share it amongst the leadership in the rebellion. How about that? That sounds like a specimen, Charlotte. Charlotte just stuffed a porg in a jar and put it underwater. Wow. <laughs> Okay, so I'm never writing anything for porgology ever. (laughs) I mean, if you want to do like a species dissection, that's fine. I'm just going to have to fill you in on like the ethics of that first. (laughs) (laughs) I promise I'm an ethical person. Okay. I did not do well on like frog dissection in middle school. So (laughs) I fainted, fainted, (laughs) straight faint. (laughs) To be fair, those frogs are gross. (laughs) So gross. We can all agree on that, I think. Okay, good. Oh good. <laughs> Who, if you two had to invite only aliens to your Star Wars dinner, do you think you could do it? We can try. <laughs> we might have to be a joint dinner. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you would have to come. That way you can make sure we are serving the right food for everyone. <laughs> Did you just call me an alien? No, no, no. No, I said you'd have to... C- <laughs> No, <laughs> I said you'd have to come so you like make sure because we're doing all expert. the appropriate thing. Yeah, you're the porgologist. Oh, like, like, um, <laughs> like oh, a what's the, like a what? um, like an expert. What's yeah, the like word a, when you put your forks in the right order? Uh, <laughs> and you take classes on it to like eat dinner etiquette, etiquette, etiquette. 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 Oh yeah, you'll be <laughs> like our galactic <laughs> etiquette coach. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, and I can get behind that. slash galactic etiquette consultant. <laughs> That's a good title. Okay. Yeah, okay. It is. yeah, it is. I think, that, card. I think we'd want to have Ahsoka there. Yeah, Can obviously. we say that? Is that okay? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Um, yeah, so Ahsoka... It's, it's your dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Why, why are we asking Danny? This is our game. <laughs> uh, let's have... Ooh, let's have the... Um, Charlotte, let's have the guy from Robot Chicken. You know, the one where all his friends oh, yeah. die. Yeah, the guy with a really long neck. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So you're on Alien number two, and you've already <laughs> had to dig as deep as Robot Chicken. It's our favorite Robot Chicken game, where he goes to get the pizza, and he comes back and Order 66 has happened. Yes, I, I love Robot Chicken. I actually totally endorse this choice. Perfect. He would, he would bring the pizza. Yeah, there you go. Great. Okay, so we've got Ahsoka, that and guy. And that's the thing that, like, no matter what planet they come from, everyone can agree that pizza is the best food. Yeah, so, so true. Ooh, ooh, Max Rebo. Yeah, he can Max provide Rebo. the tunes. <laughs> oh my gosh, you two would just bro out the whole time. Yeah. What what species is Max Rebo? Max Rebo is a blue elephant man. Okay. All right, Mr. Porgologist. <laughs> okay, that's it's a lot of species to remember. He's an oh, or- yeah. Ortolan. Listen, oh, okay. if you're gonna from call the home yourself world of Orto. <laughs> okay, you get to pick one now, Charlotte. Um, uh, how about like Dex from Dex's Diner? <gasps> yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I want him. He would. He would provide good laughs. He'd yeah. Got a, he'd have a lot of good stories about like Obi Wan. 
Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah, and like absolutely. who passes through his diner. I think it would be yeah, great. That would be interesting. I bet. Yeah. Okay. That's a good one. How many? We are at four. We need one more. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, we can How have- about? No, I got one. I got okay. one. Okay. I want to invite Llama Sue to dinner. I was going to say yes. the next step from Dexter Jester is Llama Sue, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm really just mining oh, Attack the so. Clones here. Yeah, yeah. And she can bring, she can bring the chairs. The spoons. The spoon chair. We'll all have the. Let's. Okay, guys, let's pause. Take a oh minute to imagine Max Dexter Rebo Jester in a spoon make... chair. Oh. And Dex, too. That's a good image. He's going to need like a ladle, like a, a ladle chair. Dex. This is like possibly the most practical Star Wars dinner, too, because you've got literally the owner of a diner. You've got someone who's bringing pizza. You've got someone bringing chairs, someone bringing music. And then, I don't know, Ahsoka's going to do lightsaber tricks or something. Yeah, party tricks. <laughs> and they all have they all and they all have pet loft cats. This is what happens when Caitlin and I put our brains together. We create the perfect dinner. Yeah, yeah. That was awesome. <laughs> I'm really glad I got invited. <laughs> Good. Know, you can know, win there are, you okay. get your own spoon chair. Yeah, Lama Sue can only bring so many spoon chairs, so you're pretty lucky, Danny. Oh my gosh. Why why don't those exist? I know. I need them. They probably do it at Ikea somewhere, like some dark <laughs> corner of Ikea. <laughs> Camino and spoon chairs. <laughs> yes. Camino would be an appropriate like Ikea name for a, for a piece of furniture. Oh, so. like, people wouldn't realize. <laughs> no, they wouldn't. They wouldn't. <laughs> so true. Well, thank you so much, Danny, for coming on. This is an absolute blast. You're Thanks welcome for going on that the show with me. anytime. <laughs> oh, I love it. Love that so kind fun. of stuff. <laughs> yeah, for fun. thank you so much for um first of all noticing the blog and also give me a chance to promote it in its first month like we're really excited about getting this going and if anyone listening to this like heard all that is like i would love to write something for that or i would love to do some art for that like definitely hit me up i'd love to love to have more voices get involved in this yeah awesome. where can uh where can people find you on the internet and do you guys have a release date yet for the next post on porgology or still kind of working that out um, so we're we're doing twice weekly now. So posts are coming out on Tuesdays and Fridays. Okay, uh, awesome. And the blog uh, URL is porgology.wordpress.com. And you can also find us on Twitter at porgology. And then if you want to hear my personal ramblings, I'm on Twitter at dannypertle19. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Danny. And talk to you soon. Sounds good. Listen, big deal. You got another problem. Women always figure out the truth. Always. Hello and welcome to part three, fan fiction and fan videos. As we said at the top of the show, Charlotte and I have been looking forward to this particular episode for a very long time. And we loved our interviews in our last two sections, but we have got a soft spot for fan fiction and fan videos. And we are so excited to talk to you about them today. So... We asked both of our guests that this question, but how do you and I, Charlotte, how do we express our Star Wars fandom? It's hard because easily I would say podcasting, mm-hmm. but I don't necessarily think it's podcasting. I think podcasting is part of it, but I don't think it's like, I think, I don't know. I I think I express my fandom um, like all over the place, right? <laughs> like... <laughs> Through through fan fiction, I used to write fan fiction. I don't really that much anymore. I um, I don't know. Read all the books and go to conventions and talk about it. And I guess like that's where, um, that's where the podcasting comes in. I don't. What about you? 
Yeah, I mean, I think like you said, our our new era of Star Wars fandom has been the podcasting community in now that we've started this. But when we were first Star Wars fans, I mean, fan fiction and fan videos were like our life. <laughs> that yeah. was all we did, I feel like. And, and that was – I mean, that's what I feel like was most popular at the time was people writing fan fiction and creating fan videos. I actually don't know how much – I feel like a lot of the people we talked to were really into fan fiction. I don't hear a lot of people talking about fan videos, but I know for us, we were watching them all the time. And I feel like now after The Last Jedi, I've gotten way back more into that side of fandom with fan fiction and fan videos on YouTube and stuff like that. Whereas I feel like once like Clone Wars and um, like really once we got into high school and like college, I feel like we weren't really as into fan fiction as much anymore. We weren't reading it as much anymore. Like, there was a couple that I obviously followed, but it wasn't, like, the height of obsession that I had, like, when we were first, like, really getting into Star Wars together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And we – it's it's interesting because uh, the show Meta Machina had a episode – was it a couple months ago, two months ago? Yeah, I think it was in December or January. Yeah, they had an episode all about fan fiction as – like a like a thing <laughs> in the fandom world, yeah, and like talking, they went through the history and everything. Yeah, like the history of it. Yeah. Which it was. It's so interesting. If you haven't listened to that episode, it's fascinating. And it's funny thinking about where you and I were and that timeline that they were talking about. And the the site that we always went to was fanfiction.net. But there was like this huge mass exodus from fanfiction.net, like right around the time that we started leaving fanfiction, actually. And everyone went Mm -hmm. to Archive of Our Own, but we never like made the leap over to Archive of Our Own. So we just we just kind of left fanfiction altogether. Yeah, it's funny. I just didn't even realize that it was such a big deal until I listened Mm -hmm. to that episode and kind of understood the history of fanfiction a little bit more because it's so weird that I would never really consider I don't know. Fan fiction was always something that I kind of I read secretly. I talked about privately, and it was kind of something that I never really put much thought into, like the concept of fanfiction.net as a medium. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, do you think your fourteen year your fourteen year old self could imagine you saying, "I write fan fiction on a public forum," like you just did on the podcast? <laughs> No, can I share a story that (laughs) maybe I'll cut, but I won't? Um, When Caitlin and I recorded our first episode, do you remember this, Caitlin? Yeah. When we were in in the closet, you know, sitting on the floor in our first episode, I wrote down rules for what we're going to talk about. Yes, 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 yes. Number one, we don't talk about fan fiction. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the whole tide of how I think and talk about fan fiction has evolved in like, first off, it evolved really fast. I was talking about fan fiction by like February. So that was like a month later. (laughs) But for some reason I was, I mean, for some reason I know why, because it's considered like taboo. It's considered like ultra feminine and therefore like less than any sort of fiction. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really want to talk about it because I have <laughs> a pretty big backlog of things that I've written. And in fact, like I, I'm an English major. <clears throat> sorry, I'm an English major. I'm a creative writing major. And a lot of that kind of came from my inspiration for wanting to study that in college, like years later, came from the fact that I was experimenting and writing fan fiction when I was 
11, 12, 13, 14, 15. It, mm-hmm. You know, it, it was such a basis. Yeah. And I think it, it's really informed a lot of how we came to understand Star Wars. I mean, I wrote fan fiction too throughout that time. And I've written some recently too, you know, um, not as much as I did back then, but, you know, definitely uh, things here and there throughout the years. But I mean, even Mm -hmm. just, I mean, I just have vivid memories of you and I sitting in PE and not doing what we were supposed to be doing, but talking about our stories and about laying out the plot of where things were going to go and how does this work? And okay, is this what Luke would say in this situation? Is this what Padme would say in this situation? And I think it really caused us to think critically about these characters and really start to try and understand who they were. Whereas Mm -hmm. just by watching the movies, I mean, we always were fortunate to have a forum of each other to talk about those things with like characterization and plot with, but having the medium of fan fiction to quite literally put pen to paper and kind of make yourself slow down and really think through what's going on in these films. I think that, I think that probably influenced us a lot more than we think in how we understand Star Wars and the characters in Star Wars. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, I feel like I also that's where I learned most of (laughs) what I know about Star Wars now, even Mm -hmm. it was like a basis of like the fact that I spent all this time on Wikipedia trying to understand things about Padme's family and Naboo (laughs) and ships and food in a galaxy far, far away. And it's just so funny. It's and I, I don't even realize it until you kind of step out of it and you're like, oh my God, my the basis for what I learned Star Wars from was fan fiction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even just like learning the terms, the vocabulary of the galaxy. Uh, because mm-hmm. we, we, as you guys know, we didn't read the EU during this time period. And so <laughs> fresher is always like the favorite vocabulary word to come up with. But like learning like that they call the bathroom like the fresher and, you know, calf is coffee and things like that um, that we learned through fan fiction. And I know as it and, – and I love how our fan fiction interests back then were very much our Star Wars interests. Like you were always reading Annie Dalla fan fiction and I was always reading Luke and like original trilogy fan fiction. <laughs> and mm-hmm. very rare did the two meet. <laughs> We'd like send so each true. other recommendations and we'd be like, yeah, sure, I'll read it. Never did. And then never do it. <laughs> <laughs> but what's funny is we would always catch each other up on our favorite fan fictions back then. And so it, it was like I was reading all of your Andy Dalla fan fiction. <laughs> Totally. I mean, there's so much joy in like getting that email that your fan, your yes. favorite fan fiction updated, like and it's that, that joy still still comes today. But even back then, when it was like secretive, I didn't want to know my that I didn't want my parents to know that I was reading fan fiction on the home computer. This is like pre laptop, and <laughs> it was like I, I don't know. It was just so secretive, and I was so ashamed. But I, I mean, whatever. I know. <laughs> It really is like whatever. It's just when you're a kid, you're so like stressed about it. And people kind of talk down about how it was, like I said, less than. So, but it, it was always so fun to kind of exercise that creative muscle, um, either reading it or writing it or pretending to like, I don't know, pl- like line plots <laughs> potentially mm-hmm. for um, upcoming fanfics that I would want to write. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, people, and it's sad because people still look down on fan fiction in a lot of ways. It's nice that it people talk about it a lot more, but I think in like mainstream media, it's still kind of like, oh, I guess you're going to go write a fan fiction about that, aren't you? And it's like, yeah, yeah, I am because this is how I like to enjoy my fandom <laughs> is through this. Uh, so 
I think there's still, yeah. there's still a lot of improvement to go. Oh, of course. There's there's totally still a stigma attached to it. But I feel like a lot of people, at least in the nerd community, are more willing to talk about it than they ever were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I actually just retweeted a really interesting thing about some guy, some author wrote a retelling of The Shining. And he goes, oh, it's it's definitely not fan fiction. And it's like, okay, that's fan fi- That's the definition of fan fiction. Yeah, and you shouldn't be ashamed. It just because it's like, yeah, just because it is, you know, bound in publishing hands. Come on. Right. That's <laughs> fan made fiction. <laughs> if you didn't create the initial property and you're writing about it, it's fan fiction. <laughs> so what do we look for in fan fiction? Oh, gosh. I only very recently I used to hate AU fan fiction, which if you guys aren't versed in the fan fiction world, there are a couple of terms you need to know. Fanfic, it's fan fiction, obviously. AU means alternate universe. So it means you have the characters uh, that are in the property, obviously, but they're existing outside of the like canon timeline. Um, or you have things that are like, it's compliant with the canon verse, but it takes some liberties, which means that it like generally follows the timeline of the, the movie or show or whatever it is, but it's going to have some changes based on, you know, what the author is choosing to do with the story and with the characters. Uh, one shot, it's just going to be one chapter, basically, of the fan fiction. They can be really long. They can be really short. Um, people do poetry. They do song fics where they take inspiration from songs that they like and apply it to characters. It's just there's such a deep breadth of – anything and everything that you could possibly imagine in the fan fiction world. And there's something for every interest. I generally tend to go with canonverse fan fiction. That's usually my favorite. Um, but very recently, I've been getting into alternate universe fan fiction um, after The Last Jedi, which I didn't think I would really like, but I'm really starting to become obsessed with it. It's funny that you say that because I feel like my entire fan fiction life is AU. <laughs> like I, as an Annie Dollar shipper, I my favorite fanfics always ended where Anakin didn't turn to the dark side <laughs> and like everything was changed. And like, that's where my interest lies. I know that you kind of mean like not even within Star Wars too. Like you're, you're in- into that right now too. Like mm-hmm. literally like college AU. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, modern AU is when they bring the characters like into our world, basically, and see how they would operate Mm -hmm. in talking explicitly about stars, how they would operate like in our galaxy, basically, which is always interesting. I I just started one today that's like a coffee shop AU, which I'm excited to read. Uh, So we'll we'll see if I if if I'm into that as much as I I hope I am. (laughs) I I love the subgenres in in fan fiction like recently even with the olympics everyone's like figure skating au (laughs) and i just i i I think it's so like oh cute (laughs) it's fluffy it's It's so fluffy fluffy. um but my interests really i i really love one shots that like kind of rip my heart Mm. out so that means like they don't have (laughs) multi-chapters um i am such a sucker for any drama Mm -hmm. um hence the rip my heart out (laughs) i I love fics where Padme and Anakin kind of lead the rebellion. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and you have like young Luke and Leia. I love that. Oh my god, Charlotte and then- <laughs> lives for young Luke and Leia. That was her. I've 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 written it a couple times. Like, I love weakness. it. <laughs> yeah, even even not in the AU verse. Like I've I've even written young Luke and Leia when like they were on Tatooine mm-hmm. and Alderaan and yeah. everything. Um. And now I obviously really love Raylo fan fiction, which is alternate universe or even existing within the canon. I like what I've been liking recently in the Raylo fan fiction world is uh, like speculation for episode nine, where it's like it, it builds mm-hmm. on everything that already happened in Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, and then it's kind of pushing that forward into episode nine. I've really been enjoying that recently. Yeah. Is, is there anything that like I'm I'm curious about this. Is there anything in fan fiction that like you read like the first two paragraphs and then you're like, okay, I'm out? If it's if I feel like something is out of character too much, then, and that's why modern AUs mm-hmm. have always kind of I've never really gravitated towards them because I feel like it's just inherently out of character because I mean, like the coffee shop one is a perfect example. Like Ray would never work at a coffee shop. Like that just doesn't really exist in in, <laughs> in Star Wars, and definitely not on Jakku. I mean, I'm sure something like that exists on like Coruscant, um, but it or like when they're like med students or in school and stuff like that. It just it's always hard for me to get in that character's head. But like I said, I'm giving it another chance right now, so I'm excited uh, to see how that goes. But if it has a lot of bad grammar. In the first mm-hmm. couple lines, I usually am like, this is just going to continue. I'm not doing this. <laughs> Goodbye. Uh, <laughs> if it hasn't updated in a really long time, you got to be careful about getting attached to a fanfic that has not updated in a long time. <laughs> That's dangerous territory. Oh, my God. I know. I love to check that completed yeah. box. <laughs> yeah. Usually that's how I filter my fanfiction now is it needs to be completed. Yeah. I mean, it's good if you can get something that updates on mm-hmm. the reg and they're like the the author's like really in it for the yeah. long run. Um, but yeah, I totally sympathize. What's fun too about some of um, – and obviously Charlotte and I have been reading a lot of Raylo fan fiction recently is that it's it, – they like the really popular fan fictions have like this whole community attached to them uh, like a fandom. Like the fan fiction has its own fandom that is translated over into really like most popularly Tumblr. And people will create like gift sets that have, they call them like aesthetics uh, where it's like, Mm -hmm. oh, you know, if, if the, if the story takes place on a, like in a rainforest or something, they'll have like specific gifts that have been edited of like Ray and of Luke and of Kylo, like all to make it look like they're in a rainforest that kind of helps your imagination when you're reading these fan fictions, or they'll even do fan art of certain scenes that have happened in the fan fiction. Um, it's, it's really interesting and really cool. Yeah, I love it. And like y- you didn't mention like playlists. Oh too. my god, playlists. <laughs> yeah, Caitlin, that's Caitlin and I's like thing right now. Yeah, We're really into character playlists. They're the best. Yeah. Um, for me, in terms of like if I open up a fic, there's like this one little thing that drives me insane. It's if somebody doesn't have a comma. If okay, so when you're quoting, quoting, mm-hmm. doing like proper quotations. Do you know what I'm gonna say? Because it yeah. like drives me insane. Yeah. When you're quoting things on um in writing, if you enclose like a a speech in between two quotations and there's no comma or period or punctuation, it's bad. At, 
it's so it's so frustrating to me. Oh my god, it like pains me to see it, and I'm out. If if I can <laughs> see one person do that, I'm like, nope, sorry. And that's gone forever. But actually, when we I, the one I just read did it a couple times, but I could tell it was a mistake. Yeah, but that's different. That's yeah. different. It's funny because as you were talking about that, I was thinking about some of the <laughs> bad writing that we did in our fan fiction early fan fiction days, like our own personal fan fiction. And I just have to like tell this story about what Charlotte wrote once. <laughs> oh my God, go. Go for it. <laughs> the thing is, Charlotte and I used to send each other our chapters back and forth. And I was like, hey, can you edit my new chapter on like such and such story or whatever? And Charlotte had this one. I can't even remember which story it was or whatever, but you gave it to me like so serious. Like, I'm really impressed with this chapter. And you had written in it, like, the female girl looked up at the ominous moon or something like that. <laughs> and I looked at you. You were like 11. <laughs> no, you weren't. You were like 13 or 14. Okay. Okay. <laughs> what's, what's even better about this story is I was like, Charlotte, the female girl. And you – it was just like not computing for you that that was redundant. <laughs> you're like, yeah, it's fine. What's wrong with it? It's like the female girl. It's just, and it became this like inside joke for literally up until this point now that you're hearing it. Where we're always, when we see bad writing or something on anything, not in fan fiction, but in life, we're like, it's like the female girl. I actually recently like stumbled upon a fan fiction that said female girl. I don't know if you remember that. And I sent it to you and I was like, this is hilarious. Now that you say that, I think I remember that. Yeah. Like the the female girl has haunted our friendship forever. It's really in, it's enriched my friendship personally. <laughs> We're just two female girls on a podcast. We're just two female girls talking about the wars. <laughs> oh god. It's <laughs> uh, funny. So, it's can funny. you recommend some fan fiction for our listeners? I don't know about I can recommend some recent Raylo fan fiction. I was looking through my old fan fiction that I used to read and I still love that fan fiction. I don't know if anyone would would like it now per se, but I remember one of my favorites that never finished. So actually, I probably can't recommend this story because it never finished. Is he is my father, and it was one of the few like prequel era era fan fictions that I read, and it was about like Obi Wan had a daughter who ended up training alongside Anakin. And it was like about their whole relationship and how she was she was going to be the one that that helped him fulfill his destiny as the chosen one. I don't remember where Padme was in this story. You probably never read this because no. we just can't accept that. <laughs> I'm but just I laughing so hard that the Ray Kenobi thing has been a part of you for so long. <laughs> <laughs> You're so right, even from the beginning. No one should be surprised that I wanted Ray Kenobi to be a thing. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> but I, that story had like 130 chapters. And I remember I was homesick one day from school and I read that whole thing in like one sitting and it was, it was intense. Uh, but it never finished, <laughs> which was heartbreaking. <laughs> You're and still sad about it. <laughs> I'm still very sad about it. And, uh, our most, our most recent – well, I'll let you do your Annie Dalla fan fiction, and then we'll we'll go to our Raylo fan fiction. Okay. So I have two Annie Dalla recommendations. First one is like a little bit darker. It is actually a suitless Vader 
um, fan fiction where Anakin is the emperor and Padme is the empress and things kind of get really crazy and very forcey and um, it's it's really good. I recommend it. There's Young Luke and Leia, obviously. It is called mm-hmm. Shattered Glass by Padlay. And then my first fan fiction that I ever got fully obsessed with, like literally this fan fiction will go down in infamy. Mm-hmm. I've reread it so many times, but I haven't reread it in the past like five years. So it's probably like the most fluffy Annie Dollar fan fiction that ever existed, but it's called Hidden by Disco Shop Girl. And I used to be obsessed with Disco Shop Girl too. So, and she actually just wrote a new story. Like when I say new, I mean like within the past three years. And I was so excited to get that email. Wow. wow. That was such a good email. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I read all of Disco Shop Girl's stories just from you telling me about them. Yeah. I recommend Disco Shop Girl. <laughs> yes. But Shattered Glass is a more recent fanfic that I read, um, probably within the last three years. And it is really good. It is one of those like Padme followed Anakin to the dark side things and she wasn't into it at first. And then she let the dark side like take control of her. It was. It's just a really good character study and I fully recommend it. And it's complete. Both of those are complete. Ooh, bonus. Yes. Uh, I had this other one that I used to love too that was super fluffy. It was called Life as a Smuggler Sister. And <laughs> it was like I you all need to remember that this was in like 2007. Um, but it was it was like Han Solo what is it with me and siblings and like children Han Solo had a sister and it was about her adventures with Han and Luke and I remember really being attached to that one and this one had the author would make fan videos on YouTube and she pulled a character from Lord of the Rings to represent Han's sister. And they would like edit these videos together to make it look like it was all in Star Wars. It was actually really cool. Um, And Mm -hmm. so it made it look like it was a trailer for the fan fiction that included this sister in it. So I remember, I think I really love that component of it too. Yeah. It's like impressive. Okay. So let's talk about Raylo. Yes. Um, so, Caitlin, like, you you can start with this because I feel like this is your your thing. Yeah. So, it is. <laughs> so, um, actually, this recommendation came from Scavenger's Horde a couple months ago when I asked for some recommendations. And it, it was really me getting back into fan fiction because I really hadn't read too much of it in the past couple years. And it's called Sword of the Jedi. It's by an author called Disasterums disaster rooms on archive of our own and it's a two-part story so there's part one which is called like young gods and part two which is called kingdom come and like i can't express to you how much this story took over my life (laughs) for about a week (laughs) i think (laughs) and it had accompanying playlists it had like the whole tumblr community on it that we talked about earlier and basically it started right after force awakens came out is when the author started writing it and it's this au where Luke or uh, where Luke has his Jedi temple and Ben and Ray grow up together at the temple and train there together. And eventually Kylo, you know, Kylo Ren becomes a character, Ben does follow the dark side. And it's kind of all of that story. But 
some of the details in this story, like I swear to God, this author had seen The Last Jedi before the rest of us. <laughs> because there's I was, the Force Bond. Yeah. There, oh, there's so much. There's so much. There's so much. And it's uh, it's funny because the, the Raylo community, as you guys know, Charlotte and I weren't really involved in the Raylo community before The Last Jedi. And on one of our Last Jedi uh, pre-Last Jedi videos, I had talked about the theory of the Force Bond. And I was like, this is this is like my crazy theory. Um, and it turned out to be right. But what we didn't know at the time was that the Raylo community had been all over this Force Bond thing from The Force Awakens. Like they all called it. <laughs> like all the fan fiction about Kylo and Rey from 2015 to 2017 is like the Force Bond. <laughs> yeah, it's really hilarious, honestly. Like, okay, like they knew what was going on before the rest of us did. So. Mm-hmm. But this story is sort of the Jedi is an amazing ride. It, it's like its own book. <laughs> it's, it's so good. It's so good. And the funny thing about this is too is that I was so wrapped up in this story when I was supposed to be reading Revenge of the Sith, and Charlotte made fun of me because I was reading a fan fiction and not reading Revenge of the Sith like I was supposed to be. And I was like, you don't understand. <laughs> this fan fiction is life right now. And then Charlotte finally read Sword of the Jedi. And how did you feel about Sword of the Jedi, Charlotte? Well, I never wanted it to end. And I procrastinating it ended ending so much. Like, mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. And I, I was really, really involved. And usually, again, because, I, I don't know, I'm not really that into the whole, like, Luke Jedi training temple thing. And there's a lot of EU characters in this as well. And I didn't think I would be that into it. But, oh, man, it's so good. And it has its own fandom and everything. Mm -hmm. It's great. The best text I got was like a week after I told you again to read this fan fiction. And finally you started it. And then a week later you were like, I'm really invested in sort of the Jedi. (laughs) And I don't know what to do. (laughs) So good. It was great. Uh, one story that I loved uh, in Raylo fan fiction recently has been – it's called My Wildest Wind Come Blow Into My Room. And it's by an author named Merit Mutt. And it basically – it's canon verse. It takes place after The Last Jedi. And it's just kind of exploring, assuming that the Force Bond is still uh, – that Rey and Kylo are still c- connected through this Force Bond. And I re- it's a really long one shot. It's like 8,000 words. But it – it goes through some of these like really hard conversations that Ray and Kylo would would you would want them to have in episode nine, like talking about the nothing speech and talking about, you know, what happened with Han and, you know, where they go from there and, and all that kind of hard stuff. So it's really bittersweet. It's really beautiful. Highly recommend. Yeah, I need to read that one. It's good. Wow. I'll send it to you. Now that I finished Sword of the Jedi. Okay, great. <laughs> um well we'll link these in our show notes. I just want to say like before we move on to talking about fan videos, I there's something so awesome about fan fiction in that even if you don't see something that you love on screen, and even if it's if it's like you hate Raylo, like that's fine, but you can you can kind of delve into your interests and hone in on them mm-hmm. and like make the art that you want to see on screen through fan fiction. And I just think that is so awesome. And that like creative process and like smart thinking about how you want the story to go is I'm so thankful to fan fiction for that. Um, It's so awesome. I love it. Yeah, completely agree. Completely agree. I knew I used to read, I used to try and find the perfect Ahsoka fan fiction for Ahsoka post uh, Revenge of the Sith. I remember I was always looking for my favorite one. Um, It was weird. I didn't find a ton of Ahsoka fan fiction I liked, but 
I think I'm going to try and dive back in and find some more of it, though, especially now after Rebels. If any if any of our listeners have any recommendations, I'd love to read Ahsoka fan fiction, yeah, too. Yeah, please. Send them if, to us. If that's out there. Yeah. yeah. Love that. Okay. Okay, so let's talk about fan I videos because love fan videos. Yeah. So a couple of months, was it like in June or July or something? It was last July, I think. Yeah. We were on Twitter and we were tweeting with our friend Grace, basically, about how much we love fan videos and like what what a fan video is. And I wasn't really familiar with them until Caitlin kind of introduced me to them. And this is really Caitlin's story, so I should probably let her talk, but fan videos are essentially clips from the films cut to songs and they usually have a theme um if you haven't seen them they're all over youtube with any fandom any literally any fandom Mm -hmm. yeah and there we we love them when we were kids we would spend hours watching them i remember caitlin's internet would die all the time (laughs) and she would just leave like a bunch of oh my god (laughs) windows open and yeah. you in like just have the the video was already rendered. So we'd watch the same like six videos over and over and over again because they were already preloaded. And mm-hmm. like that's how we became obsessed with the ones that we were obsessed with when we were younger. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They it it's fan vids are I think fan vids are my love language in Star Wars. <laughs> I don't <laughs> know why, but I I just really connect with them. And I think Partially, I don't even remember how I started watching fan videos for Star Wars, but I remember watch start watching them almost immediately after we started going through the movies together for the first time, and that was how I knew exactly how the Mustafar battle would would look. And I th- I think that's part of like I was so excited to see that in Revenge of the Sith that I hated the Yoda and Palpatine battle. <laughs> like, listen. <laughs> I've seen this video a million times in fan vids. They always cut out the Palpatine and Yoda parts <laughs> on their fan videos. So I would like it cut out of Revenge of the Sith right now so I can just enjoy this. Um, but they really do kind of pull at your at your heartstrings a lot. And there was a whole other community around fan videos too. Like people would request certain songs. They'd be like, I think this song sounds perfect for Padme or for Luke. Can you make a video to it? And creators would do it all the time. Um, they would cut together these videos that are to the beat. They're edited. The like they're they're really impressive, especially when you think about them doing it in like 2008 and 2007. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so cool. Mm-hmm. I still they're the ones that we loved back then. I still love. Oh and yeah. I was always like. I, I don't know. I was just always so impressed by the fact that people could cut these together and do this because I, I could never do that. Mm-hmm. I feel like they pull up a lot of – their fan videos are really great for seeing things like parallels between the stories, especially before people started doing like gift sets of parallels. I feel like fan videos was a really – were a really great way to see the parallels between the two sagas, between the two trilogies. They were always kind of pulling on that and really getting to see how, like the poetry in Star Wars, like George always says, that the films are supposed to rhyme with each other and the editing power that you have with fan videos really lent itself to showcasing that poetry. Mm -hmm. And still does. Like Mm -hmm. still does. We're talking about this in past tense just because it it felt, very past tense and it was like a huge part of Keelan becoming a Star Wars fan back then but mm-hmm. we still watch fan videos all the time I actually just spent like an hour and a half when I got home from work eating dinner watching fan videos mm-hmm. <laughs> like, fine it's normal yep. yeah <laughs> and we actually from that conversation with Grace last summer and a lot of other people ended up jumping in on that conversation but we created a master 
fan video list on our Sky Talkers YouTube channel. And it's broken down by prequel, sequel, original trilogy, Rebels, Clone Wars. We have a Raylo playlist up there now. Um, parody videos. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Videos. Um, and we're still adding a lot to it. So definitely check it out if you want to kind of explore the fan video world. They are so impressive, some of the things people are able to do, especially now uh, with the new – uh, videos that are coming out about The Last Jedi and Force Awakens too. Um, mm-hmm. I remember one of my favorite ones. Th- th- I think this is like a joint favorite fan video of ours. It's called Leia Be My Escape. <laughs> it's really Leia Be My Escape, but it's Escape <laughs> in the title. And it's set to the Reliant K song, Be My Escape. And it's about Luke and Leia and their relationship with each other, their brother-sister relationship. And it's edited on the beat to this song and it's it's perfect. Like this video can do no wrong in my life. It always brings my mood up whenever I watch it. And I watch it – I've probably seen this video at least 100 times if not more. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> more. Definitely more. For Definitely more. <laughs> yeah. Kayla and I actually have a CD of all the songs that we learned – and like became obsessed mm-hmm. with due to fan videos. And we yeah. listened to it on the way to celebration this year too. Yeah. And it's like it remains in our hearts. Yeah. <laughs> Even some of the videos that have been deleted because they're oh, like 12 years old. So it's okay. <laughs> one of the one of the funniest songs I think that we ever became obsessed with. Oh is, no, you're really going there? No, no, I'm not even going to the one you think I'm going to. I'm going to the Rugrats song. Uh, there's this song from Rugrats in Paris called I Want a Mom. <laughs> and Chucky <laughs> sings this song, I Want a Mom. And this fan video was about Luke wanting a mom and like his pe- like the parallels Luke had to Padme with the song I Want a Mom by Chucky from Rugrats played over it. And I kid you not, that video is emotional AF. <laughs> it's really sad. And if you didn't know it was from Rugrats, like you wouldn't think too much about it. Yeah. <laughs> Remember Charlotte made this this CD for my birthday or something, and she was like, it took me so long to find the track for that Rugrats song. It did. It was, like, impossible to track down. I had to use LimeWire. TBT, guys. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It was, like, it wasn't, it wasn't even that. Oh, my God. That was a journey. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. But what, what's one of your favorite um, fan videos? I don't know. I go back to those like standbys that we listened to all the time when we were younger. Mm-hmm. Um, recently, though, in terms of like, I've been really into the Raylo fan vids. Um, and I also really love this one creator. They make, I- I'm going to link it below because I honestly don't remember the name. Um, they make this one that's like very parallel E and it's kind of set to EDM. Um, I like the new modern kind of take on fan vids that is really quick Mm -hmm. but really shows um certain parallels that you know george it's like poetry like you were mentioning before um this one it's called timelines it actually pretty much went viral on twitter a couple months ago so good um yeah and i'm i'm sure if you guys are like into videos you've probably seen that one but again i'm going to link all this in the show notes or on our website Mm -hmm. um I also really like this one about Kylo from The Force Awakens. So it's um, really intense called Believer, which is set to the Imagine Dragon song Believer. Really good. Lots of, like Caitlin mentioned before, about like the choreography and how it is set to the beat of that song. 
it's really like high paced. And then there's this one called War Pigs too that kind of it, it doesn't seem like you would really like it when it started, but then it like it really just takes off at the end with like all of the lightsaber battles and it's it's really it's it's saga it's saga saga wide <laughs> um <laughs> it's saga wide but it's like all of the like lightsaber fights and like intense action scenes like kind of cut all together to this like really intense song it's awesome those it's are really, really cool yeah that those are all really great one of the ones that i come back to i think i've tweeted it out probably half a dozen times at this point because it just elicits so many emotions it's an anakin ahsoka video and it's called oh you God, are a memory so you will so good. It's, <laughs> it's so good. It goes through their whole relationship all the way up. I mean, it, it's not updated for the most recent episodes of Rebels, but it goes all the way through season two of Rebels uh, with Anakin and Ahsoka. And the way they are, they're able to layer the music and and you are a memory video. It's not a song. Um, it's it's just like orchestral music and. It's not really orchestral, but it's just music. There aren't any lyrics, but they and they layer characters' lines over top. You know, like Anakin's. Um, you never would have made it as Obi Wan's Padawan, but you might just make it as mine. And just like so many great things, like Snips. I'd never let anything bad happen to you from Anakin and Ahsoka talking about how you know she saved his skin and what are you doing, Sky Guy? And it's just <sighs> you gotta watch it. So good. I had, but so like good. if you come away with anything, watch that video. <laughs> Yeah, I mean seriously. Yeah. Um, any Raylo videos to recommend? Oh yeah, we've we've really been loving the Raylo videos too right now. The I'll, I'll reference our first Raylo video that we watched, which you're gonna judge us. That's fine, you should. But we watched this at like four o'clock in the morning, the day after the Last Jedi came out, <laughs> and <laughs> it was this Raylo video set to the song "Every Breath You Take." but like a metal version of Every Breath You Take. <laughs> I'm already and, laughing. <laughs> I know. And I'll be honest, we weren't vibing with it for the first part of this video. And then it, the the screen cut out and it, the, it went black. And it starts on the chorus of like, Every breath you take. And right at that beat, the throne room battle starts. And it's like, <laughs> we're in your bed at like four o'clock in the morning like, what like free <laughs> we thought it was the <laughs> coolest thing ever we were probably a little sleep deprived definitely sleep deprived and you had been throwing up so <laughs> we weren't our best <laughs> selves but i still like to go back to that video because it reminds me of my last jedi feels of just coming out of that movie like the high of that whole experience so it's it's a good one it's a good one i still like to go back and rewatch it but you have some of our more recent Raylo favorites too. I mean, not not really. Like these are ones that we watched within the twenty four hours of the Last Jedi too, and they again kind of hold a special place in my heart. But um, so I really like "You're Not Alone." You can totally judge us for this because I do feel wrong for um, <laughs> watching these videos that have like torrented clips from the Last Jedi. But sorry, like had to. I paid a lot of money for my tickets, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's really not okay. I, I recognize that. And then um, I'll link that below. It's it's really good. It's kind of chill. I like chill videos. And then um, uh, the song, The Way We Go Down, um, has been used a lot for Kylo Ren videos. And this is no exception. I really like this particular one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great. Yeah, that one's, that one's really good. The Way Down We Go video is excellent. I think that's probably the one we've been rewatching 
the most. <laughs> yeah. And that one has some audio clips as well. I like when they ha- seed in audio clips. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It really it, – it, it just brings a whole new layer to it, really. Yeah. So – Do you think that, like, our love of fan vids like, – sometimes I think about this because I – on when people discuss, like, the release of the prequels and everything, they talk about how people were obsessed with certain tracks from the prequels, like Battle of the Heroes, um, Duel of the Fates and everything, because they came out with a music video that was, yeah, yeah, that was set to like, obviously the John Williams, like orchestral version with like clips overlaid. And I think that people often like remember that moment and like watching that and kind of consuming all these new clips and like recognizing how awesome it is and I just kind of I think that it really does go back to obviously we weren't like super into Star Wars then but I think it's the same feeling of like watching clips from your like either your 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 favorite movie or soon to be favorite movie over like music that like you're really responding to Mm -hmm. and kind of like um, fits the feeling in like an emotive way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's interesting thinking how Star Wars might have played a part in the fan vid community, like kind of creating it, which wouldn't be surprising because Star Wars is always kind of at the forefront of those kinds of things. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know enough about it to say one way or the other, but I wouldn't be surprised if that was a big influence um, getting to see something like a music video like that before the film came out, uh, you know, like Duel the Duel the Fates and things like that. Yeah, it's it's so it's so interesting to think about that because that was essentially like an extended trailer, mm-hmm. um, and it was like the first time that a lot of people were seeing clips from the movie, and it re- it didn't really have. I think it had like a couple, maybe like five clips of audio overhead, and sometimes, especially the Phantom Menace one, the I think it was the Sith code that was read aloud and that wasn't even in the movie. Yeah, it was. And it's just, it it was, it was a way to kind of get excited about the movie. And I feel like it's the same situation with the fan videos, especially the ones that we're watching recently that include clips from The Last Jedi. I'm so excited for the high quality version of clips from The Last Jedi so that we get more fan videos. I'm so ready. I'm very yeah, ready. <laughs> March, what is it? March 13th, 14th when the first digital? Something like yeah, that. Yeah, um, I cannot wait. It's funny because I want some of the the first videos that we shouldn't have watched to be remade with the high quality clips. <laughs> I know. I know. But it's okay. I don't know if it'll happen. I don't, I don't think but it if will, it doesn't, but it, they, they're still great videos. So you guys should definitely check out. If you're interested in fan vids, like I said, we have our Sky Talkers YouTube channel um, that has a lot of our favorite fan vids. If you have fan vid recommendations, please send them to us because we love them and your fan fiction recommendations. Um, and also like fan vids and fan fiction exist for literally every fandom out there. So if there are other things you're super passionate about besides Star Wars, there's a fandom for it online and they're creating really cool stuff. So if you haven't explored it yet, just dive in. You won't be disappointed. I promise. <laughs> totally. Um, so I think that's going to wrap up our episode. Um, I just want to say a thank you to our awesome guests, Amy and Danny. And again, all their information in their really cool sites and, you know, fan discussion and everything will be linked below. There's going to be a lot of links, you know, you're going to spend a lot of time on these links. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and before we go, I just want to thank our awesome patrons, Lynn, Amy, Ryan, Neil, Jim, Suara, BJ, Joanna, Chuck, Aaron, Cherie, Kyle, Megan, Amy, Kelly, Matt, 
Brandon, Serene, David, Kirsty, Robbie, Derek, Connie, Delaney, Brian, da- Diana, Stuart, Daz, Susanna, and Lauren. Thank you guys so much. Thank you guys. Absolutely. Thank you so much to our patrons. Um, if you guys like what you hear and want to leave us a review on iTunes, we would really appreciate it. So you could just head on over to iTunes, hit that subscribe button, and also leave us a review. We would really love that. Um, but uh, you also can find us all over the internet. So at Sky Talkers Pod on Twitter, our personal Twitters are at Caitlin Plusher. That's me. And Charlotte is at Clarity. And you can also find any information you want to know about us or the show on skytalkers.com. So thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. We had a great time recording it with our guests and just going back and revisiting some of our own favorite fan-created media from the past 10, 12 years now. So we hope you all enjoyed. Send us your recommendations and get out there and go support some content creators out there on the internet. Yes, definitely. And may the force be with you. May the force be with you.